It's that time of the week again. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop! It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris as they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. As well as the music of today. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Digital Kill the Radio Star starts right now. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. This is David, and this is a special, uh, a special bonus episode that uh, I'm putting out this week. We have a, uh, a re- I have a really fun guest. Uh, it's going to be informative, and uh, he's here for a great cause, and so we want to promote that. Before we get started, I do want to tell you to follow us on Twitter at Digital Killed, like our page, uh, Instagram page, Digital Killed, the Radio Star Podcast, and like our Facebook page under the same name. And subscribe to us on any uh, platform that you use for your uh, your listening pleasure. And if you can, go to the iTunes website, leave us a rating and a review. That would be greatly appreciated. And if you do that, uh, take a picture of it, send it to us on Twitter or Facebook or, or uh, yeah, Twitter or Facebook. And uh, send it to me. Send me your address and I'll send a little something in the mail to thank you for your effort. Before we get to our guest this week, I do have something I want to mention. One of our listeners, Joe Boylan, uh, has a band called the Disgruntled Sherpa, Sherpa Project, which uh, is a great name, by the way. It's called High Tides and Muddy Waters. And um, Joe is a big uh, Black Crows fan, and so uh, he and I obviously have a lot in common. And we uh, message each other back and forth on Facebook uh, a good amount. And he sent this to me in the mail, and it's really good. And uh, I, I recommend, if you want to listen to it, they have a... Um, uh, a website on the uh, with Bandcamp. Anyway, the name of the band is the Disgruntled Sherpa Project, and it's high tides and muddy waters. Uh, if you like the Black Crows, maybe even REM, some stuff like that, uh, I think you're gonna like this album. And um, so go on there and, and buy it and support these guys. He's a big supporter of our podcast, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. And I appreciate Joe sending me the. Uh, a CD in the mail. The opening song is really good. One foot in the grave, and uh, it's it's really a it's a good album. Uh, Joe has a uh, has a unique voice that I really like. At times, he sounds a little bit I think like Stephen Malcolmus from uh, Pavement, uh, and at other times he doesn't. So anyway, uh, go support those guys. Give them a listen and 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 buy the physical product. Um, we all need to do more of that uh, before these things become um, ancient like the dinosaurs. So. Like I said, this week's a special episode, a bonus episode, um, and um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I guess it was Wednesday or uh, or Thursday last uh, this past week. I got a, a Facebook message and um, from a guy by the name of Dave Chamberlain, 
And he is a big drive-by truckers fan. He's a big Black Crows fan. So that means he's a good guy, right? So uh, he sends me this message to talk about this charity that he works for, nonprofit organization he works for, and a fundraiser they're having in conjunction with the drive-by truckers. And uh, we're going to get into that in a minute and, and talk about that. But first, I want to welcome Dave to the show. Dave, how are you? Hey, David. Doing all right. Thanks for having me. Excited to, to be here and talk some music and uh, talk about Nucci Space and help spread the word of a uh, great cause and what we're doing over there. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Um, I know you'd sent me a, a message uh, also that you're a big uh, Black Crows fan. You were real active on their message boards and talking about trading shows and stuff. And uh, man, I was thinking about that the other night when I was reading that. That really, uh, um, that really brought back a lot of good memories. Yeah, I think it's, it is interesting how there seems to be a lot of crossover. Um, I think that, like how you mentioned too, I think that I maybe first heard of the drive-by truckers through uh, like those Black Crows message boards back like in the early 2000s. So it's kind of cool how it all, all comes back together that way. Which of those boards did you frequent? Um, You know, I never like posted a whole lot on them except for like I, I, I was real into like trading for live shows, but the definitely the the dot net one um and uh like you know just like blackcruise.net i think it was called and yeah i still so get, many of them. yeah i still get on there there's very few posts but i still yeah, get on there i check it out every once in a while and then i feel like some of them have changed so much i barely even remember now what do you remember which one maybe it'll, it'll there was there was one obviously blackcruise.net was one i was real big on and then the other one was it like crows.org or yep, okay. blackcrows.org, and then there was uh, Boa's site, uh, Crowbase. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good um, one. I can't remember the other ones, and um, I discovered a lot of really good music from those boards. Like, uh, yep, that's where too. I got into my morning jacket, um, yep. the truckers. On when It was when the decoration day came out, and uh, I had not heard a, a single note of the drive-by truckers, and based on somebody's recommendation, uh, I went to uh, maybe it was Best Buy and bought mm-hmm. Decoration Day and put it in. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, I don't really know what to think. This is different. Uh, the subject matter is different, and by yeah. the second or third listen, um, man, the hook was fully in the mouth um, with them. But yeah, it's 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 great. You know those those message boards were so much fun. There was a sense of community. You kind of learned like who you could trust, who you couldn't trust, and for the most part, you know everything is now like a Facebook uh, group. Right. Like um, uh, I'm a big, you know, Magpie Salute fan. So there's two big Magpie Salute uh, Facebook groups that I, I'm really active on. But um, so obviously you're a huge Crows fan. When did you when did you get into them, and how did you get into them? Um. Well, I think. Probably I got into them I think because like like in high school I was really into uh, like like there was like the kind of classic rock renaissance it seemed like there in like the mid nineties like all the like the like Pink Floyd and the Stones and then like Page and Plant from Led Zeppelin like everybody was kind of reuniting who had broken up in the eighties you know right and so like I think I was just like for whatever reason at sixteen seventeen I was like really just like blown away by like these, you know, like rock gods who I've just, it felt really like a fortunate time that they were having this kind of comeback during that time. Right. So I, and then I think that I, and then the crows just sort of seemed like they were more from that time. 
you know, it was just the way they, they dressed and the way they sounded. And so I think just that, that style of kind of blues based rock music, um, just kind of spoke to me more than maybe what was, uh, in the mainstream and, and popular during that time. And so, um, and then, yeah, so then I just, and then I think, uh, when I, with the, you know, with the internet, when I was able to have access to, to hearing, you know, these people taped all these live shows and they encouraged trading and everything. And so I got really into, uh, you know, the online trading community, like in the early 2000s and trading for live shows. And, you know, so I think that was, I think that was my, I guess my, my introduction to them, which kind of, and then like, ironically, I think the first time I ever saw the truckers was, uh, when they opened for the crows in, in 06 on that, uh, that outdoor summer tour. I went to the, I went to that show in uh, Birmingham. Yeah, uh, with uh, it was them and uh, Robert Randolph. The truckers came on first, and I yeah. bet it, I bet it was three or four hundred people there. Yeah, um, I know it wasn't. It was kind. Of, I was I was excited to finally get to see the truckers, but like you knew that it wasn't the full scope when it's like you know still light out and you know they're the first band on the bill. And I was still my me and my buddy still got there like really early. And we're we're really into it and stuff, but I knew that kind of just like was the you know the first seed of like i gotta see these guys in a in a hot sweaty club in front of all their own fans right the first time i saw them they actually were opening for the crows but it wasn't on that summer tour it was at um mud island amphitheater in memphis on like an october night and for whatever reason a cold front came through and mud island is basically uh, it's basically in the Mississippi River. There's a little tributary that comes off the Mississippi River where they put the amphitheater. But you know, you could hit a golf ball and be in the in the Mississippi River, and it was so cold because it's so much, huh. it's so windy. You know where the river is. But uh, and I remember Isbell was just playing his heart out, and that was that was when I kind of I went from like really liking them to you know just becoming a, a, a huge fan of them and. I I go in these like I, I'm like this with a lot of things. There's very few bands that I consistently just constantly listen to. The Crows are one, uh, Pink Floyd's one, The Stones are one, but like the Truckers and the Grateful Dead, I'll get on these kicks where it's just like a month or two. That's all I listen to for the most mm-hmm. part, and then I'll put it you know put it down for a couple of months. And the Truckers I always find whenever I, I haven't listened to them in a while, and I go back and listen to them, I kind of pick up on something new. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. You know, and, and the lyrics, sometimes, you know, I, I don't necessarily get what they're talking about, and I can wait a couple of months and go back and listen to it, and I'm like, oh, that, that's what, you know, that's the point they're trying to convey. Um, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, I, I think I know what you mean, too, where you can, there's so much music, and you're, like, fire-hosed with it right now that you can kind of go away from it for a while, but I'm, I'm the same way with you. Like, when I... It, you know, kind of leading up to these homecoming shows, I start listening more and just, I mean, every time I'm just like, man, they've got a lot of good songs just, and, it, and they don't, there's so much variety and it just, just doesn't get old to me. They really do. And I think they, um, I really think they're, they're one of the great American rock bands. Um, I, I think their, their ability to tell stories is, I mean, I think it's up there with Dylan and Neil Young. Uh, I really do. Um, especially the way they can tell it from a viewpoint, you don't necessarily know their, their thoughts on it. Right. Yeah. Um, which is a great, 
a great thing. And but I also think that leads to sometimes their message being misunderstood by by certain people. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think so. I think it's kind of like Waylon Jennings. You know, Oki from Muskogee. That's not Waylon's thoughts. Those were his dad's thoughts. Or uh, um, Merle. Merle. Yeah, Merle. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sure. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you just you kind of just take it on the surface and take it literally instead of maybe like seeing that this is like a literary device that they're kind of using to tell a story, you kind of you might miss the deeper point. Right. Same thing with "Sweet Home Alabama," one of the most misunderstood songs of all time. Yeah, no, you're no, you're right. There's a lot of <laughs> lot of depth there, and and uh, and you know, and Patterson and, and and Cooley are just they're just two really great storytellers, and are just have a a really gift of uh, getting inside a character's head and and, and being able to um, you know just express a point of view that maybe isn't exactly their own. Yeah, sometimes their ability to get in people's heads is a little bit scary. <laughs> you know, yeah. they do such, especially Cooley, he does such a good job on it. Well, Dave, before we get into more about the truckers, uh, it's I'm gonna kind of turn it over to you and 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 tell everything that you've got going on and 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 what you're trying to raise money for and how you're trying to raise money and how you you know how you became affiliated with it and just kind of walk us through all of that because I, sure. I that's I want everybody to get as much information as they can. Yeah, so um, so I'm here, kind of representing Nucci Space, um, and and by the way, David, as I go, if like I can go on this for a while, so feel free to interject if you've got questions or want me to clarify something okay. as I go. But, um, but so uh, for those of you who don't know, Nucci Space is a, uh, a musicians resource center in Athens, Georgia, and a little background on it. Um, um, it's named after Nucci Phillips, who was a, uh, a student at UGA and a really talented musician um, back in the 90s. And he was diagnosed with depression as a teenager and um, kind of uh, his, he had really supportive um, parents. His, his mom was an RN, his dad is a doctor. And, um, you know, they were they were there with him the whole way, trying to trying to find him relief, trying to find him you know, just different medications and, and different um, counseling and, and therapy methods. And, and he never fi- was able to, to find any peace. And he took his life in 1996. Um, and so kind of out of that, um, his mom had the idea. Um, she, she actually wrote her me- a memoir about this just a few years ago. Um, and she was just, you know, like looking back on it and thinking about how like, like a family like theirs, who was, medical professionals and they had access to resources um, to, to get their son help. And it was still such a struggle, um, just all the ups and downs of navigating the mental health world, as well as then the, the cultural stigma that, that came with uh, trying to explain to, to friends and family um, what he was dealing with and, uh, and just how hard it is for people to talk about um, suicide and mental health. And so his mom wanted to do something um, in Nietzsche's memory and in his honor, but then also to help other people who may maybe finding themselves in a in a similar struggle. And so she started this uh, musicians um, resource center, and we're we're right on the edge of the UGA campus and uh, downtown Athens. So kind of serve the the music community as well as the university. And in the way that we do that, like our mission is just to help prevent suicide with a focus on musicians and, and to try to create a culture um, where uh, seeking help 
for your mental health is, is stigma free. So if, you know, if you don't, if, you, if it's not a subject you can openly talk to with, with friends or family, um, it's just kind of known that, that that's what we're there to be able to do. And, so, and the way that we do that is probably the biggest draw is we have four um, practice rehearsal rooms where people can rent them for eight to ten dollars an hour. So like very, very, very affordable, very, very cheap. And they're they're clean. They're well maintained. They've got drums and PAs and people can go in there and, uh, and just play music. Get, get out the angst if they've got it. Don't have to worry about bothering their roommates or their neighbors. Um, and it's open to the public. Like you don't have to be, you know, currently struggling with anything. But but the way that it works is that if you kind of get a comfort zone, and you're and you're already used to the practice space. You get to know people there. Then if you find yourself in a place in your life where your roommate or a friend is struggling with addiction or or uh, or depression or anxiety you're more likely to, to ask for help and say like, Hey, you know, like me and my band, we've been practicing here a while, but don't you guys do something with, with counseling or with, you know, like with, uh, with depression or, and so like just being able to, to start that conversation in a place that's uh, judgment free and, and in a place where you maybe already feel comfortable um, can, can uh, it's probably, I think it's more likely that you can ask for help in that way. And so then we, uh, we have a counseling advocate, who will sit down and talk with somebody and try to uh, just just find out where where it is that the person might be struggling, and then we help people get access to um, to to resources to help them with whatever they're dealing with. And if they don't have money and they don't have insurance, that's where we come in as a nonprofit and, and we and we raise we raise money. We're all <clears throat> we don't get any government funding. Everything is is through private donation and grants, and then we can um, get people referred and connected to uh, counselors and doctors and psychiatrists uh, right in Athens. Well, how did, how did, um, how did kind of the truckers get involved with this? Was it just the fact that they're from Athens or was there a more personal connection? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I can speak from, um, from two sides on that is, is one, I just, just from reading back through the history of everything, I believe um, the truckers and Patterson and everybody were really involved at the from the outset. Um, Nucci Space opened in 2000, and I think that uh, that you know as the truckers were kind of getting traction and coming up about then that they played benefit shows. We have a small performance stage there, um, and so I think that they were they were pretty helpful right from the start with um, with with helping to build the found build the, the you know the, the guts and the foundation of the place and then i started working there um, in 2012 and at that point um, both patterson and his wife rebecca were on the board at nucci space and rebecca was actually even the president of the board um at some point in there and and uh and you know just like you can tell from patterson's music he's pretty outspoken about some of his own struggles with uh with depression and and uh oh yeah the song baggage on the last right. album yeah that one that's that i was actually going to talk about that that's a great and that song's a perfect kind of example maybe encapsulates what nucci space is about where where he's so uh just he's so vulnerable and uh, and open and in, in, in talking about that in there in that song and it's really I think it's it, like it gives you uh, it gives people permission maybe to talk about their demons and the and the things that they're struggling with and 
and if uh, and if you can kind of expose those and get them out into the light, you know, maybe and and, ha- and have a an environment where you can share that burden with other people, uh, I think that that's where you know healing can start. And so, like that, like you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Like that song is kind of a kind of a perfect example, maybe of like of what Nuji Space does and uh, and how that ties into music and everything. Yeah, I mean, there's so many barriers to you know to getting help. Um, like I, I'm a pharmacist, so I I see oh, okay. I see you know <clears throat> the effects that depression and anxiety and and, and mental illness take on everybody t- take you know cause everybody. And it's you know one of the things that I think the layperson doesn't know. You know, if you if you're having a mental illness, it doesn't just affect your your cognitive ability or how you think or how you feel. It affects your heart. It affects your lungs. It affects your, it affects your whole body because it, it puts a stress on your body. It raises your cortisol levels, which in turn cause all kinds of problems. And then, you know, you, you can have uh, secondary uh, cardiac issues. And I mean, it's just, it can just really, you know, blow up into, to, you know, a multi-organ situation, you know, over year, o- over time. And so, one of the big barriers is the cost of medication, and I can tell you, I can tell you right now, any new medication for a mental illness that's come on the market in the last ten or fifteen years is expensive. I mean, yeah. very expensive. For instance, there's a drug called Latuda, which is used a lot now in, in bipolar uh, uh, bipolar uh, disease, that is just you know fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month. And, wow, and yeah. you know, hardly anybody. It, but the the thing is, though, the newer medications that are coming out are more effective because the older medications, what you would call like first generation antipsychotics, like haloperidol, thorazine, were so terrible on you. And that's when you think of like people sitting around a mental institution drooling and all drugged up. Those medications, that's what the, a lot of those people are on those types of medications. So the new medications, they you know, you can the the side effect profile is much more tolerable. And mm-hmm. second of all, there's a stigma of going to get help. Well, I can tell you as a pharmacist, people taking medications for mental illness, there's more people probably taking them than not. And so, but other people don't know that. Uh, you know, you see people come in all the time um, that you, uh, you know, they're on Zoloft, Paxil, Prozac, Effects, or any of the, any of those kind of medications. And so, uh, it, it's, it's something that I've always been fascinated with because I did a rotation at the Mississippi mental, uh, one of the Mississippi uh, mental hospitals when I was in pharmacy school and it, I just really took to it to water and it's kind of, I, 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 I do a lot of research on it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, mental illness is something that I, I'm pretty passionate about and you're helping to eliminate the stigma. You're helping to eliminate one of the other barriers in cost and then you're offering support. You know, one of the best things about having a community is there's other, nobody's situation is completely unique. There's somebody else on this planet that's going through the exact same thing you are. And when you find people that are going through a, sim, a situation similar to you, first of all, you, you realize, hey, I'm not the only one going through this. I'm, I'm not so unique that I'm the only one going through this. And you also, you have somebody else to confide in. They they may have done something that helped them and they can share that with you and vice versa. And so I think the fact that y'all have the practice rooms there where people can come and play and they can, you know, get to know the staff and, and you know, just realize, you know, we're not alone. And then you have, yeah. 
you know, you, you're helping to eliminate <clears throat> a lot of the barriers, which I think that's the that's the biggest problem. I think if you can just get somebody to the point to where they can get some help, there's 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 nobody that's not treatable. You can always alleviate, you know, part of the problem. Now, and some and sometimes you're not going to be able to completely. It's just like diabetes. You can take your medication and alter your lifestyle. You're still going to have diabetes, but you can learn to live with it. You know, and you can learn how to uh, to treat it and to hopefully prevent it from progressing to suicide, which is ultimately the worst outcome that you can have. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited that you reached out to me on this because uh, like I said, it's, it's something that I do feel pretty passionate about. And, um, and I, I just, I love what you're doing. And so y- you have a couple of projects right now to, uh, to raise money. Why don't you, if you want to tell everybody about that and how, how they can they can buy they can buy the uh, the the book uh, the DVD and also where they can go to donate money. Yeah, well, yeah, that's <clears throat> thanks uh, and thanks for sharing your uh, your your experience. And I didn't realize even that you had that that background as a pharmacist to kind of uh, bring in the medical side of things, which which I don't have. So uh, that was that was nicely uh, nicely tied together there. Um, so, um, I mean, I would, for one thing, you can, you can always uh, find us at our website, which is uh, nucci.org, which I realize when you say out loud, I kind of need to spell that. It's N-U-C-I.org. The C makes a ch sound. Nucci was from, uh, his family was Albanian. So that's where that comes from. So N-U-C-I.org. And you can find out all about different programs that we have going on there. Um, our founder, Linda Phillips, her, she has her memoir is, is available there where, where she kind of um, talks about the, her, like her struggles with, uh, with, with navigating the mental health world. And then what ultimately um, came out of it was Nucci Space. And her, her memoir is called A Beautiful Here. Um, and then so, yeah, some of the stuff we've got going on right now in conjunction uh, with the Drive-By Truckers homecoming shows, which are coming up. Uh, in February, uh, the 13th through the 16th this year is, um, we, uh, the, the truckers have a fan club called three dimes down. And, um, this will be my fifth year where I've been kind of the, the point person and the coordinator of this, uh, of this sort of, we do, uh, the, on the 16th, which is the Saturday of the homecoming weekend, we do a big, uh, like um, silent auction and it's grown into now uh, where the fans do a cookout and a chili cook off and, and it's all, all donation based and, and all just um, volunteer based where all these people, um, I guess I shouldn't just assume everybody knows what the homecoming is, but so, so drive by truckers homecoming is um, they, they play uh, in the past. It's always been three nights at the 40 watt and now it's even grown into the uh, a fourth night with um, Adam's house cat. Patterson and, and uh, Cooley's band before the truckers is going to play the Wednesday night of it now. But so people come in from all over the United States, as well as um, I just heard from a guy who's coming from Australia. We have people from the UK and Norway and all over the place. And um, I think, it, I think it all just started with Patterson's just sort of uh, being outspoken and, and uh, like in the liner notes on the, on the CDs and stuff, they would always uh, mention Nucci's space. And so I think it just slowly, organically grew of, of Patterson being outspoken as a supporter of Nucci's space. And so 
these people at Three Dimes Down have sort of adopted Nucci's as their cause. And so they help us raise money now. Everything from like people do these like Facebook birthday fundraisers to, um, but to the event um, that I'm talking about here coming up on the 16th where um, they, they, there's fan made art um, and uh, um, just all kinds of different like music memorabilia that like uh, um, New West Records donated a bunch of vinyl to us. Um, Jason Isbell's manager uh, sent us some autographed posters and some merch. Um, we've had like a signed Alabama Shakes drum head. Uh, my morning jacket sent an autographed uh, concert poster a couple years ago. But so anyways, we, we, we'll have like a hundred auction items and, um, and it's just sort of like the culmination of the weekend where all these people come together and it's, it's really become quite a, a community that's, you know, everybody's there first for the music, but it's really, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. The, uh, the way that, um, that the fan community comes together and generosity and like, you can tell that they just, everybody's excited, I think, to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And, and being um, that Nucci space is, is there for, you know, advocating for mental health. I mean, everybody has a family member, a friend, somebody who's been affected, but it just, it isn't always, you know, a, a comfortable or easy subject, but since we're all there together anyway, we all know why we're there. It's like, there's just kind of like an, an unspoken thing that like we're kind of all in this together and, and like let's celebrate another year and, and some great music and, and great people together. Um, and so one of the things that they, that the fan club does is they, they produce a DVD and a Blu-ray every year. And so this year um, they recorded like, this is again, all volunteer, but they do an excellent production wise. Like they have multi cameras and they're plugged right into the soundboard of the 40 watt and so they, they produced a, a DVD and a Blu-ray from one of the shows at uh, Homecoming last year. And they offer that up for sale um, for a donation to Nucci Space. And so um, we've got that going on right now. And, and I don't know, I can, uh, you know, like when we're done here, I can send you the links maybe to, to post on your Facebook where people can get um, access to that. It's okay. uh, um so that that's one way that that you can that you can support us, and you get a really cool concert DVD from from last year's. Uh, if you know, like a lot, of, not everybody can make it to homecoming, so it's kind of a cool way to get a taste of, of what the what it's like to be in the sweaty forty lot with six hundred people who are all singing along to the to the truckers fans on a on a steamy Saturday night. Um. And so, um, and then, and then one other thing, this was really, I mean, it's incredible that they did. They, last year, they, they put together, again, the Three Dimes Down community, um, led by a guy named Robert Fiveash. He lives in Virginia and he's a, he's just a real bright, energetic, creative guy. And they, and they created this coffee table book, um, kind of commemorating homecoming and it's called The Company We Keep. And Wes Freed, you know, does all the truckers like posters and artwork. He contributed, um, did the cover and, and Patterson Hood wrote the foreword. And then the rest of it is a lot of its essays from fans and from like people like David Barbies, the truckers producer and, uh, and past, um, opening acts throughout the years and just kind of shared 
how homecoming has grown over the years and the different ways that it's, um, that it's affected people and like, you know, people have met their significant others and have ended up getting married. And, um, and so it's just this big, it was just this big, big idea. Like, I mean, again, it was all volunteer done and it's a, it's a beautiful 300 plus page hardcover book with full glossy photography and all these amazing stories. And we printed 500 of them and, and, and we're asking $50 a piece because, you know, it's a hefty book. We had no idea what the response was going to be. And it turns out we already sold out of them. But, um, if, if, but we've had a great response. We've had almost 200 people say that if we do another run of these books, that they would be interested. So the truckers have a, a, a link on their website. Um, it's called the company we keep. And so if anybody is interested in learning more about it, the, the website is still up and there's a place where you can enter in your, uh, your contact information and there's no obligation. Um, but it just says like, you know, if we do another run of these books, would you be interested? And so we're trying to see, um, you know, like what the response is. And then based on if there's a demand, we may uh, print another run of 500 books if, if, if it seems like there's enough people interested. Yeah, I first saw that when um, <clears throat> Dean Gavney, who's been on our po- my podcast twice, uh, he he really was promoting that on social media, and um, I am going to be one of the ones that's going to get on the website and do uh, say I would buy one if it's reprinted. I uh, just for whatever reason never clicked on the link and, and and got it done, but I will, and I think that's just another great way of of raising the money. And you have, like you said, the DVD of the shows, and then you have the book and. Um, I just, um, I think it's a great cause and I think it's, um, it's unique how this community has come together, uh, to rally around this. Uh, I think most anybody that's a casual or even a casual drive by truckers fan is aware of Nucci space. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was kind of how I, I mean, I moved to Athens in 2012, um, and my, my wife got a job offer at UGA and, um, and we'd kind of been, we'd made some visits to the Southeast. Um, I'm originally from, from Indiana. And when I, when we showed up to Athens, I had heard of Nucci space just through like, you know, following the, the three dimes down drive by truckers board. And so when I got to Athens, I, as I was looking for a job and getting settled, I just showed up and, and checked out Nucci space and started volunteering there. It's just like a, you know, a kind of a way to get my foot into the community and, and learn, you know, just as a kind of a starting base. And so um, it's really, so it's really cool that like, I feel like I can, um, I, you know, I just, I, I came as the, and I'm currently, I'm the volunteer coordinator as well as helping, uh, you know, kind of run some of these events and stuff. So it's, it's really cool when like, I still, we still have people with the kind of transient nature of of a university town, there's constantly people coming and going. And so like I can, I'm able to, to very much uh, relate to people who are coming in to, to check it out. And they're like, Hey, I've heard of you guys. And um, just kind of sort of uh, be that, that entry point into the community that, that they were to me when I moved here. Well, Dave, I think it's a great thing. And I, I wouldn't have had you on here if <clears throat> it wasn't something that I thought was worthwhile uh, and willing to promote before we get into talking about specific trucker song. Is there anything else you want to, any other website you want to steer people to or, or any other fundraising effort? 
Um, I, I think I covered it all. Like I said, um, I think if I can, I'll get you, I don't know if on your Facebook page, um, you know, the, the link where people can, can get the DVD and then I'll also, um, make sure that we get it posted on, on our www.nucci.org. And then also, like I said, if, if anybody's interested in, uh, in showing their interest for the, the company we keep book.com, or you can go to drivebytruckers.com. And they've got a link to it there too. So um, I think that those were I think those were the main points I wanted to wanted to talk about. But yeah, just just know that uh, we're a we're a we're a small but vibrant little community uh, at Nucci Space, and, and we're able to to do a lot of good and help. But uh, but but we we're always looking for more more support and, and more more people to, to join our join our, our happy little 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 uh, organization. Well, like we said, the drive-by truckers are a big, uh, uh, a big proponent of this. So, I thought I would we would talk with Dave the rest of the time. Um, initially, sent him. I said, "Hey, give me your top five uh, drive-by trucker songs." And he responded, "He just couldn't do that." So, he said, uh, "How about five songs that he thinks explains who the band is?" Am I, or am I am I taking that out of context, or is that? I kinda- think. I- Kind of, I think that it's just like I, there were just a few that came to my mind that were like I've got a good, I don't know, a good reason for, you know, that they they meant something to me or that uh, you know, like because I mean, like we talked about earlier, they've got so many songs that it could change from day to day and week to week and what your mood is. So and I just I just I just kind of uh, started throwing darts at the board and, and came up with some of the ones that came to mind. All right. Well, Dave, why don't you start? Why don't you start us off with the first song that you want to discuss? Oh, I think for me it's appropriate to start with uh, with "Let There Be Rock," which uh, um, off a of Southern rock opera because um, that was the first song of theirs I ever heard. Um, I was living in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the time, and we still had this weird little kind of funky independent rock radio station where they you know didn't just play like the same classic rock songs over and over every day that you hear and they had this uh this dj by the name of uh, doc west and it was this was kind of around that same time um there, you know the uh, the tom petty uh, the last dj song right I, I always pictured this guy that he was the last dj he just kind of like the song goes he said what he wanted to say and played what he wanted to play and would just you know like tell stories about the song and stuff. And so uh, I heard that, that I, I think I, I, you know, I turned it on and then the song was already halfway through, but I remember just sitting in a parking lot, just waiting for it to end because uh, I was like, I got to figure, I got to find out who this is. You know, this was before you had the little digital display or whatever on your car that tells you what you're listening to makes it sound so antiquated now. But I think I was just drawn to the song because uh, um, you know, like all of his kind of, the classic rock references, you know, like being an ACDC fan and like, it just was so, it just was really unique and so different. And and then when the DJ came on and explained who the drive-by truckers were, um, it was shortly after, I think that uh, Southern rock opera had been like released nationally. And and I was able to find one at Best Buy, kind of like how you said, you found your, your decoration day back at Best Buy back in the day. So, um, so I thought, I thought Let There Be Rock, that was the first one that came to mind just because it was kind of my intro to the band and almost like a mission statement of like the power of, of, of rock and roll and always related to that. Oh, uh, this song for me is just like one of the great, 
<clears throat> it's one of the great sing-along songs. Yeah. Um, and I, it just builds and builds and builds. I know when I've seen them before and have pretty much, uh, you know, whereas, you know, Bond Scott singing on the Let There Be Rock tour, oh, like, yeah. I've pretty much blown my vocal cords out <laughs> on that. Uh, you know, of course, everybody around me <laughs> is doing the same thing. Uh, like we said, it, it's another great example of them telling a story this time, you know, from Patterson's viewpoint uh, uh, about some, you know, shenanigans that went on when he was young and all the great bands he got to see. And then the ones, you know, he didn't get to see. Uh, I think it's one of the, one of the, one of, it's, it's one of my favorite songs of theirs. It's for sure. One of my favorite songs to hear them play live. Uh, yeah, I think it, good. I think it becomes its own animal um, live, but I, I love the nostalgia aspect to it. And just, yep. it reminds you that, you know, Patterson's just one of us. He's a music fan. That's right. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you know and that's one of the things I've always loved about uh, him. Uh, first and foremost, he's a fan. You know, he just posted on uh, Instagram a couple weeks ago. I guess he went to uh, the Springsteen on Broadway. And, oh, yeah. You know, he posted a picture with Springsteen. You can tell, it, you know, he, he's standing there with Springsteen the same way, you know, that I would, you know, if I'm standing, was standing next to like Keith Richards or something. No, he's just a fan, you know, he's loving it. And, uh, I, I always respect that about him because he is a fan first and foremost. And this was a, uh, this is just a great song that I think epitomizes that, uh, and it's, uh, usually played very late in the set uh, of a trucker show. And, uh, um, I just love it. I love the lyrics. Like I said, the, the chorus at the end, um, uh, just uh like i said i blow my vocal cords out every time <laughs> i know i especially i think when i you know like when i heard this song i was still kind of in my early 20s and not far removed from like my like 17 year old like i, I listened to a ton of like the bon Scott acdc stuff which is like great music for driving around acting like an idiot with your friends when you're that age and so it definitely you know resonated and and could uh, I think that was what kind of sucked me in. Like I can, I know, I think I know what this guy's talking about with with the Bon Scott, and then like you said at the live show, everybody's kind of like pumping their fists all together, and it's it's a very uh, very cool moment for uh, for us music nerds to to bond on. And he name checks just about everybody from the seventies uh, in that song. I love the you know the line about the laser, the lasers from the spider at the Blue Oyster Cult show. <laughs> Uh, it's really a really a great song all right so let there be rock what's your what's your next song well i'm taking a complete u-turn from that one and going to uh to the more i guess the more quiet softer side and a in a deep cut is uh for some reason the song late for church is always kind of uh stuck with me um i think maybe because like at the i i at one point actually played guitar like and i like in like a church worship band sort of situation and i never really like dug the music i was playing like the spirit of it was cool and like i was glad to be a part of it but like the music just didn't really speak to me but i was just you know kind of doing it out of service or whatever and so like i feel like the the lyrics from late for church i just kind of always related to sort of like being the guy like kind of sitting there in church and like looking around and kind of maybe feeling like you didn't really fit in, but, but there's still like a sweetness to it. And, uh, um, just some of the lyrics where he, he talks about the preachers, you know, calling down thunder and he makes them wonder if a whispered prayer gets heard. And, 
I just, I don't know. I always kind of related to the guy. He kind of just seemed like a little bit of a, an outcast, but he's like coming from a good place and he's a, just, I don't know, just a, the, the sentiment of it. And I'm always a sucker for just like a, a melancholy banjo plucking in the background. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is off gangsta Billy. Obviously they, they, their sound and everything has evolved since then, but it shows like the, the songwriting chops. Um, I, I, I like you, I, I enjoy this song and uh, I think one of the great things that they're able to do is they're able to take the, uh, I may rant here for a second. They're able to say thing like, I, obviously I'm from the South. I grew up in the South. They're able to, to point out some problems with the South, but when they, you know, and, and people from the South, especially like, you know, where I'm from, you know, We've done a lot of things that are bad. We've also done a lot of things that are good, but it's the it's the bad that seems to always get pointed out, and you you get a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. But they're able to take things and say it in a way to where it doesn't feel like you're being talked down to. Because I mean, they're as from the south as you can get, you know. Yeah. And obviously, they pointed out one of the problems in a, a lot of churches. Uh, you know, you're you're there. You know, you're there to get help. You're there to be loved and be accepted. And and unfortunately, there there have been times in our history, especially in in the church. And I am a believer. And 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 I, I, I there's times that you know, churches has not been the most accepting place. And so, um, I love they're able to point that out. And they're almost able to point that out from like that they write about it so well. It's almost like a firsthand experience. And it may be. I don't know if it was is or not, but. Uh, you're right. Probably one of the most mellow songs in the in the catalog. Yeah, and I got to actually see um, the guy. I think he was the original bass player. His name was Adam Howell. He's actually the guy that sings that song. And they invited him last year at Homecoming. Uh, he actually got up and did that song with them. So I got to actually hear him do a live. Well, like I said, it's a it's a good song. It's a laid back song, um, but uh, the sentiment on it is. Uh, I think you captured it perfectly. All right, so that's two. What's your what's your third song? Well, I guess then I'll go. This is another you know late in the late in the show rocker where you're pumping your fist. Is uh, I had to go with uh, with Zip City if I had to pick one Cooley song. I guess um, as far as like his um, his ability to kind of like we talked about kind of writing a character like. I feel like that that song again off Southern Rock Opera was just like, like the, I mean, it's, I don't know what it is. It's four and a half, five minutes long. And it's like, you can like, I feel like you can like picture like a movie that, that could be made just from all the little details and kind of subtle things that are suggested with, you know, starting it out with the, the, the dad is pulling him out of the ditch and you can tell that this guy is not, he's already not on good terms with this, uh, this girl he's dating with the dad and, and, and however they got in the ditch it must it's got to be a bad story <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh i just have always loved how he kind of he's got the the angsty teenage boy you know struggling with the trying to get this this girl and then the, all the the complicated things with the father and he references the the sister and the and her brother that's you know alluded to that maybe he's He's in the closet and just like, there's just so many little 
little details and like the the brilliance that, that uh, of a lyricist that uh, that Mike Cooley is, and and then to also just you know have this awesome rock riff behind it. It was just again like you mentioned some of the other you know like kind of storytellers. Like it's just it's so rich and there's so much uh, just just so much to chew on there. Like every time you listen to that song, you can just kind of picture the scene. This is one of the ones you go, is this a first-hand account or is this third party? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like any 17-year-old boy is probably, is probably in there somewhere or another. Like maybe not, maybe not exactly the same story, but everybody remembers what it was like to be frustrated with, uh, with a girl when you're 17 on some level. This, uh, this may be my favorite song off of, um, uh, Southern Rock Opera, this or, uh, Dead Drunk and Naked. Um, yeah. but, uh, one of Cooley's best, and he has a lot of really good ones. Uh, this is one of the ones that's more of a, I guess, straight ahead rock song. And I love how it kind of builds toward the end. Um, and, um, I find myself listening to this one a lot. Uh, he is, he is just a man. He is a master at, um, almost describing the subtleties but the way he, the way he can the way he can describe things just blows my mind and the yeah. and the phrasing that he uses i know you've got another song that that he wrote that's going to you're going to talk about in a minute that i think is just one of the, one of the most brilliant things he's ever written but um yeah. um I, I like the cooley stuff i like i like most of the, I, I like the cooley stuff when it's more of a kind of i guess up tempo Um, but, uh, which zip city is now like, uh, space city. Um, I love that one. That one, and that one's a little more mellow and then gravity's gone. Uh, I mean, I love that song, but yeah, I do too. Um, do you, do you find yourself like gravitating toward Patterson songs or Cooley songs or you just kind of like them all? You know, like, I feel like it's I, I really do like just kind of like them all. I think. I mean, I know that sound like I, usually I like if it's uh, with other bands, like I find myself being like, well, I'm a Keith guy or, you know, some people like I'm a Mick guy or whatever with the stones or, or other bands that have multiple songwriters, but like, I just, they complement each other so well. And I, they're, it just, it makes the, the sum greater than the whole or the holes greater than some of the parts that whole thing just i can't imagine one without the other and, and they're, they're both different but complementary so i i don't know like i just i think that maybe originally because there were like on some of the earlier albums there were less coolie songs it almost made me kind of drawn to those more just because there weren't as many like patterson was just kind of more prolific so if there were only like three coolie songs if you were you know there were way more patterson songs they kind of maybe stood out more just because there weren't as many of them it's it's crazy to think that band at one time had Isbell, Cooley, and Hood in it. Um, I mean, yeah, most, most most bands would kill to have one person that could write songs like that. Yeah, and, I'm I'm just a huge like singer songwriter kind of storyteller fan of all kinds of people. So like you said, to think that that it wasn't just some like super group that some like agents threw together and that they all found each other in the way that they did is pretty incredible. And I think it'll probably be something that will be appreciated more and more, like, you know, maybe probably long after they're gone, 
of how many good songs that they produced. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I was actually thinking about that uh, yesterday when I was at work and I was I was thinking about this podcast. I, I, I got a feeling that, like in 20 years, even more people are going to discover the the genius of the drive-by truckers. Um, and, and the same thing with Isbell. Um, you know, I don't think people are going to be covering, you know, some of the, <laughs> some of the stuff that passes for music. Now it's not going to be, people aren't going to be covering it. Like, let's say, you know, like I said, you and I are big Crows fans. Like, you know, they'll, they'll cover something off Exile on Main Street or, you know, Graham Parsons or something like that. I think you're going to have bands covering the truckers in 20 years going back and, and looking at just the volume of material that they put out. And so much of it is so good. And like we were talking earlier, I can go back and listen to, to songs of theirs that maybe two years ago, I just thought were average. And then I kind of understand the lyrics a little bit more. And I'm like, Oh, that's actually a stroke of genius. Yeah. Um, like one of my favorite songs of theirs is the song Santa Fe. I love, mm, me too. I, I, man, I love that song. Wish they, you know, mm-hmm. wish they played it more. Um, and the more I listen to it, the more I just kind of get into the the sentiment behind it and, and the character. And uh, you know, just absolutely love that one. But uh, you, you know, Cooley though, he seems to write the songs that are a little more have like a cutting a, a bite to them, for lack of a better yeah. term. Like he doesn't pull punches. I think Patterson sometimes. Uh, you know, he can paint things in a way where, uh, you know, it paints people in somewhat of a sympathetic light that are doing some bad things. But Cooley just seems to like, this is, I'm not pulling any punches. This is how it is. No, yeah, he can, he can, he can write a one-liner with the best of them and, and a really clever, subtle, but yet somehow it's like in a direct way that like, yeah, it just, it's, he's got a, got a real gift for that. Um, I wanted to say too, like, I think what you were saying about with their, with how their, their music is enduring. And I think like you mentioned a song like, like Santa Fe, like, I think that it, like, it just captures like, uh, the sentiment of like longing and kind of loneliness and being away from maybe someone you love. And like that feeling isn't ever going to go out of style. Like people are going to relate to that. They've always related to that feeling to I mean like that isn't something that's ever going to be a, an emotion that people don't have. Right. So as, I, as long think, as we're here on earth, there's going to be plenty of that. Yeah. Right. And so they, I think that they, they have a good way of uh, kind of tapping into the kind of human condition. And so um, that kind of stuff's just kind of evergreen. It isn't going to generations might may pass, but it's still going to, like it's still going to get to your gut and you're going to be able to pick up on where the guy's coming from in the song. All right, so that's three songs. What's your uh, what's your fourth song? If you had to, if you had to say, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, I, I went with uh, the the brother Cooley song with "Once They Band Imagine." Um, and again, like this, um, I, I was a huge fan of the the American Band album that, that came out a couple years ago. Like, I think I think it's I think it's the sec- in my opinion, it's my second favorite album behind right behind, behind Decoration Day. Yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, those, like, you know, it's kind of hard to separate, like, when you are first getting into a band, like, like you know, like Decoration Day, or I'm a big fan of, of uh, Southern Rock Opera and Dirty South, and, like, all those, like, as you're first getting into a band, like, 
feel like there's something about those that are kind of always going to be up there. But but I'm right there with you, man. When I when that came out, I I listened to that like crazy and was like, I just I feel like it stands up with their best material. Which again, you know, to be this far in to to as a band to still be able to to make that, you know, to be, still be writing this great of songs. Like man, we are just so lucky to to be able to to appreciate and enjoy those. And so and so I yeah I just I don't know. It's, not, I, it's hard for me to maybe even put my finger on, but I think that. The once they band imagine is so profound and so like like uh you know it, it's just a it's a more gentle sort of laid back coolie song like you were talking about earlier like you're more drawn to the rockers but uh, this one just kind of grew on me and i feel like he like he really just gets the sentiment of you know i think you know like what he's talking about is is after the the aftermath of after 9-11 and and how, you know, the country had this chance to kind of be united and kind of all be on the same page and kind of use it symbolically that, you know, some corporation decided that, um, you know, the John Lennon song, Imagine, shouldn't be played in the aftermath of that. It's just kind of like, I think it's just kind of like shaking your head and being like, really? Like, this is like what people are going to like draw lines on like in a time like this, it just kind of seems, I don't know. I mean, it can kind of sound cynical and, and sound, uh, I guess hopeless in a way, but the way he delivers it, I don't, it, it's, uh, it doesn't sound that way. I guess it's the best I can try to explain it. Oh, uh, it's oddly comforting in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess so. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, it's the subject matter is pretty, it's pretty deep, but um, this is one of those ones we were talking about. Like I can listen to it, and every time I listen to it, I think I pick up on something something else that he's trying to say uh, in the song. And it's like we said, it's another great way of him describing something um, that just I don't know. I've never seen anybody with a talent like he has for that. Um, I agree with you. It's it's one of his better songs. That album altogether is just amazing. And I've said on here before, and I'll say it again. The MVP of that album is Jay Gonzalez. He, oh man, he added yeah. some touches to that album that sonically are just like ear candy. Uh, I like on I can, like on Ever South. Uh, yep, Raymond Cassiano. I mean, he is just he's all over it, and and I, and I hope I hope he you know I hope he knows how important he was to the sound of that album. And one of the best compliments I think I can. Some people may say this is a backhanded compliment, but it's really not. One of the best compliments I give to that album is I'm not just a huge fan of protest music. And it's not because I don't sometimes, it's not because I disagree with it or agree with any of it. It's a lot of times, it's, you know, I just think of Woody Guthrie and it's a guy, you know, playing G, C, D, and E or whatever and strumming his guitar. And so sonically, a lot of the times, in my opinion, it's lacking. And yeah. that is not the case on this album. Um, the, the the textures of the playing are are, are so are so beautiful, um, like ever south. Um, and then yeah. you take a, you take a um, um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. I like it when the sun don't shine. I mean, you, you have to understand Patterson Hood and 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 where, and where he is in his life to appreciate that song. And then you're like, that's just a stroke of brilliance. Um, just, no, you're right. I think just, that there's there's just a lot of that album has a lot of depth in the production. I think that they kind of 
there's a lot more there's a lot of layers and lots of cool stuff if you, you know, like listen to it in headphones you pick up different things and um yeah it's just like you said it's not just uh you know like a, a guy angrily playing an acoustic guitar trying to you know kind of you know, like you said of more of the protest style music that kind of comes across like there's this is like a rich there's rich and richness and depth to it but if you wanted to play the song with an acoustic guitar solo, it, you could still get the point across. Yeah, and, and it's one of those albums that ed- educates you. I was like, I got to go find out who this Raymond Cassiano is. Yeah, right. You know, That's then, a good, you, then you right. find out, you know, he was a guy that was killed by a guy that went on to kind of make the NRA the way the NRA is. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. And also tells you Cooley is very a very well-read individual. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. What a what a like to pull that that story, that reference point from something that happened so long ago to to bring into the relevance of, of today is again just it's really clever. And you're right. I want to say, Go I want to say one more one yeah. more thing about how you mentioned uh, uh, Jay Gonzalez and his contribution. The, like you know, like you said, like kind of hear his little uh, piano parts or a, you know like an organ part or something that you kind of. It's, it's like the hook or the ear candy afterwards that you maybe didn't even notice at first, but I actually had the opportunity to compliment him on that. He's a, one of the, things, the other things Mucci Space does is we have a, a program called Camp Ant where like uh, local uh, musicians um, come together as, and, and they instruct um, kids from 11 to 17 on how to not only be better musicians, but they also... Um, kind of have like life skill camp and like give them ideas of like these are some of the obstacles that you're going to come up against as a as a young musician and kind of give them the tools um, to to work around that and so and Jay is is one of the counselors at this camp amps which you know how how cool would that be if you're like a teenager and one of the guys in the drive by truckers is your counselor but. Uh, a couple of years, he was he uh, he and I had bonded about both being big Tom Petty fans, and uh, I don't know if you are a you know I'm a big of a Tom Petty fan. You are, massive, but, massive, yeah. But I kind of like drew the parallel of like so many of like Tom Petty songs. Like there will be this Ben Tench little like simple little piano part that you know you don't even think about it, but then like later that afternoon like that's the part you're kind of like still humming and like it's so it seems so subtle but it's like so perfect for the song and, and i got to tell jay knowing he was a big ben Ma fan i was you know just to be like man like you're you're some of your playing in that like i i think there's some parallel there to uh to to the little the, to the touches that like you just can't imagine the song without it anymore yeah tinch you know, you can make the argument he may have been the best musician in the band. Um, and uh, Jay just really just, like I said, he just he just really stands out on this. And this is a great this is a great headphone album. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I don't listen to headphones a whole lot anymore, but like, there's a part of me that um, I, I I need to like make more of an effort to. But right when it came out, I listened to it a few times, like on Spotify. Especially uh, like Ever South, I think that's the, the best song Patterson Hood's ever written. Um, I remember hearing it the first time, and just my jaw was on the floor. And I was texting some friends because it was uh, it was the day that it came out. And I was texting some other friends, and I'm like, "You need to you need to put the album on and go straight to Ever South first. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm with you. I think it's I think it's a classic too. 
All right, so your last song is one that I've heard Patterson has said is he thinks is the best song he's ever written or his favorite song. Why don't you tell everybody what that is? Yeah, well, this is another one, I guess, that it's kind of maybe in the same vein as Baggage, but uh, it's a uh, it's World of Hurt, which, um, you know, uh, I feel like when I first got that, it was on, you know, kind of the end of Blessing and the Curse and, I don't remember. This didn't really didn't stand out to me as much at the time, but I think that now maybe that I've lived a little bit longer and I've, <laughs> I've experienced more of life and, and had my own hurt, I think that it you know like not not something you would wish for, but the uh, I think the, the the sentiment of it has just really I it just it just guts me just how uh, vulnerable again he is and talking about. You know how when he was younger, some of the advice he might have might have given, and and decides at one point in the song that he, you know, that he's deciding against. I think the way he puts it is blowing his brain out and, and committing suicide, and, and decides, well, I'm at a crossroads, and I got to make the world the world work for me somehow. And uh, it just, I guess, it's just uh, it's it's kind of like spoken word for most of it, and then the chorus is uh kind of lilting, you know, repeating world of hurt, which doesn't sound like from, from how I'm describing it, that this could be an uplifting song at all. But um, when you're in a room full of people, like as I have been able to be like at the, at these homecoming shows and he, like he'll kind of take the microphone and the band gets down real quiet as he's doing the, uh, you know, the kind of the, the spoken word sort of verse parts and then the the catharsis of the outro when they um after he says you know it's great to be alive after you know, all this all the struggle and all the hurt and, and how I, I always go to the to the line as uh if, it's, if it ain't too late take a deep breath and throw yourself in with everything you got and uh it's just it's sort of i think i think that in a lot of ways it's sort of like uh could be like a Nucci space theme song. Like if somebody comes through our doors and you're at your, your last, your last bit of, uh, of where you're at with, with what you think you can handle. But if you can get yourself through the door and, and ask for help, like you, know, you might be able to break through the crowds a little bit or the cloud a little bit and be able to, to, to say it's, you know, wow, it's take a deep breath and it's great to be alive. It's like, man, it's just, it's really powerful to experience that in a room full of people. You said that so well, I don't think I can even add anything to it. That was, <laughs> that was very, uh, it was very eloquent. Um, Thanks. Yeah. That, that song initially, I, I'll be honest to say I glossed over it when that album yeah, came out. Too. And then I was reading in interviews where Patterson thought at the time it was the best thing he'd ever written or his favorite thing. One of those two. And, uh, it, it, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack in that song and um i couldn't agree with you more with um how it could po- possibly tie in with um um Nucci's space but um that album um came out that was the last one with isbel right yeah yeah i think so, the blessing and a curse yeah it had a uh, february 14th on it that's one of my favorite trucker songs yeah that's um, a great one love that one um well, Dave, this is uh, this has been fun. It's been easy. Um, uh, you sound like yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Sounds like you and I have a lot in common musically. 
Yeah. I hoped at some point to get over there for a uh, homecoming. I've never been. It's kind of a bucket list thing. Um, oh, wow. I had um, some stuff come up this year that during that time that's going to prevent me, but I'm hoping to I'm hoping to make it next year um, and get over there. And I'd like to come in, you know, get there on like a Tuesday night and um, just enjoy all that it has to offer. Um, but that's uh, the way to do it. If you if you can pull it off, it's great to spend the whole week and kind of just there's activities all throughout the day. And everybody everybody in the three dimes down the like the the fan club community is it's so welcoming and it's not clicky at all. Nobody's like, well, I've been to this many shows so i've got seniority on you like it's just the opposite like people want to 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 share it and uh, and and want you to experience what they've had so it's just a really warm and, and generous and, and and inclusive community well dave uh first of all thank you for what you're doing that's a great cause and um uh, that uh speaks a lot of you for um putting your time and, and effort into that and uh, we will post this everywhere that we can to try to bring awareness to uh, Nucci Space. And uh, I will post links on our Facebook um, uh, page and uh, also in the uh, show notes for the, um, for the podcast. And um, uh, like I said, I, I really appreciate you doing this. If you ever want to come on in the future and we can talk uh, talk Black Crows or, or whatever you want to talk about. I am, I think I yeah. mentioned on here before, I am starting a second podcast. It's going to be strictly uh, about the Black Crows and Black Crows-related po- projects. Hope to get that um, launched in the next month or two. Um, but uh sound like you'd be a good candidate for a guest for one of those, for sure. Yeah, man. I'd be happy happy to do it, man. I, I love talking about music, and I go down the podcast rabbit hole, I guess. I'm glad to hear you're doing that, but that's probably the last thing I need is another podcast. <laughs> I'm the same way, man. I can't get through all the different podcasts that I uh, that I subscribe to. I wind up having to delete some of them. But yeah. Anyway, Dave, uh, if you'll hang on here for a second, I'll talk to you after we quit recording. But uh, that's Dave at uh, NucciSpace.org. Uh, the website is NucciSpace.org. Uh, go to that. Um, and it's actually The website's actually just Nucci.org. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. www.nuci.org. Okay. My apologies. Nucci.org. Uh, go there. Learn more about uh that uh that organization if you feel so inclined to donate that would be great or if you'd like to buy uh the uh the photo book or one of the dvds um that would be awesome and uh, like we said it's a great cause so that's going to be it for this bonus episode uh for all of our fans that are uh, uh fans of hard rock and heavy metal we haven't really touched on that lately but we've got a great mega death episode coming up for you soon so if you're uh, if you're into that uh We haven't forgotten about you. Hope everybody has a good week and take care.